Hey, inebriates, before we jump into today's podcast, I just want to thank today's sponsor. Airship Notebooks has been a longtime supporter of both the Inebriar podcast and our figure drawing event located in downtown Plymouth. Uh, so we want to say thank you to Airship Notebooks. They supply sketchbooks for the attendees to our events and some of their fine liners. They're amazing. So we get to use their product and we all love it. And, you know, even when they're not our sponsor, we seek out their their sketchbooks. And Airship seeks to provide creative tools to artists, writers, and other creative-minded individuals to help inspire them to be more creative and productive. If you need to be more creative and productive, run over to airship.store and check out what they have to offer. They have a selection of sketchbooks, notebooks, and fine liners. You can find everything you need to get your creative juices flowing there. And again, thank you to Airship Notebooks for, for continuing to support Art in both online and in real world. And let's get into that podcast. Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy, your host, as always. Um, today, I am joined by uh, Mike Crane from, according to Wikipedia, the punk rock supergroup, Dead <laughs> Cross. Uh, I got to ask you about that because I thought that was kind of funny because I always think of supergroups as being like made up of household names. And I find like punk is not household at all. Like, can you have yeah. a supergroup in punk rock? Apparently, but then again, <laughs> yeah, I, I would have never thought that either. It's it's funny when people use the term on. Um, I've heard, I'm not not uh, referring to myself, yeah. But like you just said, household names like uh, the term rock star. Like I feel like that term like has gotten looser and looser over the years. You know what I mean? Because to me, rock stars were. Mick Jagger, David Bowie. You know what I mean? Yeah, People yeah. Of that caliber. And that, that was it. Like, yeah. You were either up there or you're not. You're you're in a band. It, it's funny. Cause, <laughs> like, I, I think of, um, you know, back when I was married, my ex loved reality television and she'd watch like. Oh, man. Celebrity. Not, yeah. But it'd be like Celebrity Apprentice or whatever. And I'm like, who are these people? And she'd be like, "Oh, this person's from that reality show." This per-. I'm like, oh, "How are they God. celebrities if all they do is reality shows?" Like, it's it's totally yeah. I couldn't agree more. That shit is so annoying. Oh, he's a celebrity. Oh, really? Where mm-hmm. would I have seen him on this reality show? Stop right there. Yeah, he's on TikTok. <laughs> that's 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 not fucking. Give me a break. They didn't yeah. do anything to earn that. They were selected. Right. It's a, it's always a just a weird, interesting thing when. Uh, but I mean, you're in a popular band. I mean, you must get recognized at points. Like, is there that? Do you have that imp- uh, like imposter syndrome? What is that imposter? Oh, syndrome? so imposter syndrome is kind of like where. Um, it happens a lot. So it's kind of the feeling that so- at some point, people, someone's going to come in and be like, "You don't, you don't belong here." 
Oh, these are talented people, and somehow you uh, lucked your way in. Like, do you that ever have that? Way more. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm. My entire life. Um. But oh yeah, definitely playing with Dave or uh, for the first times, playing with Mike. Um. Maybe even early on, playing with Justin. You know. Yeah. Even though him and I have known each other since we were fucking kids, but obviously he found success in music, you know, way before I did because I found drugs instead. Um, but yes, I think re- uh, definitely on stage. Um, the first Dead Cross show, first couple, I was like. Oh, and in some studio gigs I've been hired for too. I'm like, man, they're gonna find out. Yeah, people are yeah. gonna find out. I'm a fucking fake. I'm I, I've had people like call meetings, and I'm like, why do you want to yeah. talk to me? And they're like, oh, I want your expertise. And I'm like, really? Like, it's just, yeah. you know, <laughs> like I'm just an idiot behind a yeah. microphone. You know, it's, Dude, it's really 100, man. I'm just, I'm still that fucked up kid who likes skateboarding and and punk and metal who plays a guitar you know like why why does anyone want to talk to me i'm just a fan yeah you know? i'm just a fan of music so what was what was the music that first got you into wanting to pick up a guitar and, and kiss kiss when i was four years old really are you no. still a kiss fan not as much okay because I, mean, you know I, I, I didn't want to shit on kiss fans because i can't stand like i felt like kiss was kind of like because I grew up in the 90s and I always felt like Kiss was kind of like a big letdown because they looked badass and I felt like their music was kind of pop. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, as a kid, like, their marketing was on point. Oh, yeah, they were for sure. Fucking geniuses, man. Yeah. They didn't even really need to play. Like, that shit sold itself. So. Yeah, they could just come out on stage. They looked so badass. But that, um, I, what was the, f- I, I think Kiss Alive, uh, I, all of those. We had all those around the house and my mom or I, I don't remember. I was so young, but yeah, looking at those album covers, I was like, whoa, whoa, these guys are evil. Yeah. It looks so fucking cool. But yeah, I mean, there there is a handful of songs, like, the, the Detroit Rock City, that song's fucking great. Like there, there are a few that are that hold up pretty yeah. good, you know. But so yeah, the first intrigue would have been from Kiss when I was really little, you know. Yeah. And then I started putting on my own little fake concerts when I was four, five years old, mm-hmm. with with um an acoustic. And I would just I would just play along to the record, yeah. Not even really playing, just pretending I'm playing, yeah. And and I remember my grandfather at the time. He this was okay. This is I was in San Jose. That was the first place my mom and I moved to California when I was a, a child. And my grandfather worked. He was working in Silicon Valley in the seventies. Yeah, he was a smart cookie. He was like ahead, ahead of the curve already. And he could get dry ice from, from one of his, his job. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how he did it, 
so that he would bring home dry ice and then I could put on fake fake kiss concerts. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was super rad. So it sounds like yeah. your family was supportive from the get go. At that time. Yeah. Yeah, at that time. That was that was like before it got bad. You know what I mean? Like there was a there was some good years and then it it went it went sideways. But my dad uh always played in bands. My yeah. parents are really young. So even then my dad was in bands. Um so I I've been around the band culture my entire life, like going with him to his practices, to his gigs, helping him load up his drums, all of it. Yeah. Did, so going through that as a kid, do you think you had a better idea of how much work is involved opposed to, you know, a little bit, kid, yep. you know, cause you saw the, the backside of it all. Yep. I did for sure. Um, you, you see like the inner workings of a band and you realize it's like, a, it's a fucked up relationship between a bunch of people and the politics. And so I knew very well, like, I had a really good idea of like, oh, it's not, you're not just on stage getting attention. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. And um, yeah, yeah. And then I started my first bands, 16, 17. Yeah, I feel like most of my life I've been in rehearsal spaces. Yeah. Most of my free time has been with a guitar in a room with other dudes making music, you know, mm -hmm. like that's, if there's dues, I paid them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so let, yeah. let me ask you, cause this always irritates me when someone says it and I try not to use the word, but uh, how do you feel about the word talent? Cause I feel like when someone says, Oh, this person's so talented, it just really doesn't even acknowledge I how much work they've put into it. That's true, but I think you know maybe there is a natural. Some people are better at things. Some people pick certain things up quicker than others, for sure. So uh, I'm sure there's definitely talent coupled with a work ethic. Yeah, yeah. Th those are the things. Like it's not just one. You know, it's definitely not just one. You need you need all the things to get there. I'm sure. Um, and just as a horrible example, I'm sure that, you know, for Kobe Bryant, it wasn't just, oh, I'm really good at this thing. Like, yeah, that dude fucking worked his ass off, too. So, but I think there is some degree of nat maybe natural ability, natural talent, or, yeah, you know what, for sure, like Prince. I mean, that guy, he had an ear as a child. Like, that guy could already he was writing fucking killer pop songs really young, you know, yeah. without a whole lot of life experience. So I'm sure there's some natural talent involved. Definitely. Did you feel that the, that life experience in general is kind of the, the key to writing music is the most important thing. Cause I mean, I, I remember friends, friends, bands and high schools. And at the time you're like, Oh, they're, they're kick-ass, and then you kind of listen back, and you're like, I mean, they were kids, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, what what was the question again? Yeah, I mean, do you how much do you rate that life experience? Do you feel like your oh. music writing gets better as you get older, or is there kind of like a a sweet spot? I feel like everyone's musical tastes hit like a sweet spot, kind of in their teens and early 20s so that becomes like your music and yeah you'll like new stuff on but i feel like there's something about that that age that when you're experiencing music it's more visceral but like as you're writing music, yeah does age help because no offense you don't look like a young dude <laughs> no i'm not yeah not a young dude you know i don't know if it helps I'm sure to the person writing it, it does, but maybe not to the listener because I mean, how many bands do you know that kept going and their, their later records, you know, are better than their early records. It's right. not that, com- it's not that common. Um, whatever Metallica's most recent record is, I'm pretty sure you can't put it next to Ride the Lightning and it holds up. No, for sure. Or Master of Puppets. And yeah, it's, it's you know what kind, I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's that kind of weird. Um, it's almost like there's a little bit of angst or ignorance to the world like you're so you can be so opinionated when you're younger and they get older and be like yeah. i mean like there's a lot of you know gray in the world and that doesn't make for a good rock song you know yeah um, or, or or just when you're younger and then they're you're hungry yeah like you're yeah, fucking yeah, hungry you yeah. want that shit and you're poor or or whatever the case may be um and you'll couch surf to play extra gigs yeah, ab- absolutely you're then driven. you get older and you're like i can't do that <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of some examples, you know. Well, what was shit that you did when you were younger to like promote your band that just now you look back and like I'd I'd you know, I'd never travel that long or or play that gig oh. that I mean, there's gotta be like one place where you like Oof. I'd never play there again, but it was a gig for the band that I thought was gonna be big or mm. I mean, early on, my band Festival of Dead Deer, that was in our early 20s. We were all in our early 20s. Um, I had this shitty car. God, what car was that? It was like an 80s Chrysler. Yeah. And we rented a U-Haul, like, uh, stop it, you guys. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah, sure. Stop. It was a U-Haul. Um, it was like one of the storage containers that goes on top of the car. Oh, you know? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets like strapped on the top. Even, yeah, I don't even know if they have them anymore. Yeah, but mm. and, and it was me, Chris, and Dylan. We were a trio, and we just did that. So we piled into the car you know, guitars hanging out of the back window and kick drum. And, and that was like a Pacific, that was West coast, Pacific Northwest tour. And I mean, it was so ramshackle, you know, like one of the dates didn't even happen. Um, God, what else? I remember we got, of course we got in fights the whole way. 
um between each other or with oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we were at each other's throat <laughs> that's not a way to travel <laughs> yeah yeah in a car like that crammed in I mean, it was like in hindsight like it was ridiculous yeah you know for no money of course but that's how that's kind of how it's supposed to be right but i've even done I've done that in my adult years you know this band we had kill the capulets i remember we drove to berkeley for no money and i was like in my and the van i had at the time no ac and it was fucking hot out on the five it's 400 miles <laughs> Yeah, we were just like, dude, this was ridiculous. And then, and then even in Retox, like, dude, we toured. We were a hard touring band, Justin and I in that band. Fuck, man, and we lived in that van. And the United States is big. Yeah, there's some big fucking drives, you know, in between towns, and drive all night long to go play for five people sometimes, you know, that happens to get right back in the van and drive all night again to get to a bigger city like that. Dude, we did a lot of that. A lot. When you had those shows that really clicked with a great crowd, were you, did that kind of cover overall? Yeah. Cover overall the shit that you went through. Yeah. Not financially, but yes. Yeah for morale absolutely like when you get to a town it goes off yeah for sure because then you're like oh that's why we do this yeah was there a town that like you weren't expecting much that you know poughkeepsie or some like podunk town that you just kind of rolled into not expecting anything and just had a great turnout um god let me think back I feel like the big towns like New York, you know, there's just so many people you're bound to. Some get. of them are, yeah. those are givens. Those are usually always good. The A-list cities are always good. Um, we played Tulsa once and I wasn't expecting anything and it was really rad. We played. God, somewhere in Texas, way out there. Denton, Texas, which I guess is a suburb of Dallas or something, and it was yeah. really rad. So I would think Texas is country. Oh, Denver! The first yeah. time we played Denver, I was like, "Oh, we had a lot of good Denver shows." It depends on the venue too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Certain venues people don't go to, and or they're not as likely to go to as if it's a house show or. At a, a really good DIY punk venue. It depends on the band. It depends on the city. But we've had that. And then in Europe, too, we've had that where I wouldn't remember the names of the towns, but it was a, like an out-of-the-way town. Or uh, in the UK, where it was really good that I did. Oh, Bristol was always really Leeds was always yeah. really, Hey! <laughs> Leeds was always really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no worries. Come on, you guys.
All right, where are we at? So um, now with Dead Cross, are you guys touring or like what's post COVID touring like? Um, Dead Cross is not touring. Hold on a second. Let me uh, (laughs) pause for a minute. Yeah. All right, let's try it again. (laughs) Um, Dead Cross doesn't have any plans to tour at the moment. Uh, Patton really isn't in a position to tour at the moment. Um, I think the focus is to let him kind of get better and decide what he wants to do, you know? Yeah. Um, But touring post-COVID, you mean, just in general? Yeah, in general, yeah. I mean, have you toured with other projects since then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm about next week. I'm about to fly to the East Coast with Fiddler. Oh, I nice. play lead. I play lead guitar in Fiddler, and um, but we've done so far just uh, San Diego, L.A., San Francisco. But so that's like that's like tour light, you know? Like yeah. We, we just went to San Francisco, and but all the I mean. They're a fairly good sized band with a strong following mm-hmm. and they haven't played in a few years. So all their shows have been insane and sold out and really awesome. Um, but we'll see what it's like when we fly to the East coast. I mean, yeah, where are you guys playing on the East coast? Uh, uh, Boston is the, what's that other place called? Um, Middle East. No, no. Yeah. Is that isn't that gone? Didn't it close or something? I kept hearing. I thought someone was buying it. To be honest, I don't. I don't know. To be honest with you, um, I kind of lose track of whether that's open or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that place. I played there so many times. It's a great. Yeah, it's a great venue. Yeah, um, I can look it up. Where where the. Where the uh, Boston show is. Oh, I can, yeah, I'm sure I could find that. Yeah, I mean, just like you put Yeah. There's um there's a new venue here that everyone's talking about, Roadrunner, that I've got to check out. And it's like, I think down by the waterfront or something. But um, do you, is there, I know I'm totally jumping. Uh, okay. Questions here. But is there, is there like one venue nationwide that like is like your favorite? Man, why more that's a good question um well in los angeles i mean it's the the, the echo is like home base that's um that's that's an echo park that's like the that's like the place you know for that's like middle east for boston i guess you know yeah. it's that's our <clears throat> I played there countless times in several bands. I think Live Nation owns it now, so it's a little different. Like the, you know, now it's not it's not independently owned anymore. I don't think. Oh, that's unfortunate. So it's different. Yeah, yeah every, everything's changed. I feel um, like when that sort of thing happens, they kind of like remodel and take away some of its spirit. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Especially um, if I'm going to see like a hard hardcore punk show, I don't want the place to be too nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, a good a good sound system is is that's awesome. Oh yeah, but you know that helps that that enhances the experience. It's like a good dive bar, though. You know, you don't want a good dive bar to yep yep be pristine. Yeah, what are some of the other? This smell also here in Los Angeles for San Diego. For me, it'd be the Casbah. Um, the, the, wait, the place is called the Smell. In LA, yeah, it's a DIY spot. An all oh, okay. place. Yeah, well, that's cool. It's in a really shitty alley, and you know, downtown. So that's why it's called the Smell. I don't know if we have like DIY venues out here. At least where where are you at? Uh, just south of Boston, I'm in Plymouth. so so what makes something diy like is it just like someone rents out like a a warehouse independently owned yeah independently owned oh okay then we definitely have like yeah like owned by one guy or a couple of people and the kids kind of run it oh okay i get what you're saying yeah the kids thinking more like a like a you know illegal rave kind of thing is what i was thinking Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That too, like warehouse shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are always fun. Um. So how did um Dead Cross come about? Like, how did you get involved with? I mean, uh, Justin, you were in retalks with. Yeah. But then, how did you get involved with um Mike and is the drummer's name Dave? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm terrible with names, so I'm glad I. So how did Dave you get Lombardo. involved? With, yeah. Yeah. Um. Because I've seen uh, Mike and Dave in concert multiple times. I've gone see you yeah. know, Mr. Bungle and Faith No More. Uh-huh. Um, Justin had worked with Ross on Head Wound City. They recorded with Ross. And Ross had a, a studio project. It, it was supposed to be Dave's band film, but they broke up. So Dave had the studio time booked with Ross. And Dave was like, dude, I'm so sorry. You know, um, we didn't have to cancel at that time. The band broke up and he's like, well, you know, don't worry about any money or anything like that. Just um, do me a favor and play drums on a friend of mine's daughter's two demo songs. And um, hey, no, stop that. And um So Dave said yes, and then they uh, Ross got Justin in there. Ross really loves Justin's uh, bass style and 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 tones, and um, and just you know, and Justin's and and Ross was like, "Shit, we need a good guitarist." And I think first they wanted Cody. I'm not sure if Cody was available. Cody from Blood Brothers and Headwind City. If I'm remembering the story correctly, uh, Cody Cody wasn't available. And and then hold on a second. No, hey, let go. No, no. And then um, and he's like, "Well, what about dude? It'd be rad to get Mike Crane from Retox at Retox Harris or whatever." And then. And then Justin hit me up and was like, hey, would you be down to, you know, 
do a studio session with with me and Dave Lombardo, and I was like, "Fuck yeah," you know? Yeah. And, and um, and I showed up. We did a couple songs for this this girl. Her name's Poppy. Uh, um, Poppy Crawford. Really talented. She's she's badass. And Dave was out of like I think Dave was just just recently out of Slayer. Yeah. And had a lot of free time on his hands at that moment. And I was like, dude, let's start a band. Fuck it. You know? This will be fun. And Ross was like, do it. And Dave was like, okay. And Ross was like, you guys need to record a record right right now start writing songs <laughs> and then justin had mentioned getting gabe gabe serbian in on vocals to sing or to scream rather yeah G- you know gabe serbian was a, an, an incredibly charismatic individual yeah okay and so so we really tailored the first record the songs more old school thrash that's what we had in mind yeah it didn't really turn like it, you know. The band kind of we 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 turned out a little more gothy than that. Um, and then Gabe had to step out of the the band, the project, for family reasons, personal reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and um, and Lombardo was like, "Well, let me hit up Patton and see if he's interested." Because Jess and I, we we didn't know who to get for vocals. We were like, "Well, we could either Travis Ryan. He was super into it." Greg Pucciato, but he was really busy at the time with Dillinger. And um, yeah, and the rest is history. Patton loved the songs, man. And he fucking took those songs to another level. Uh, he's, vocally. To me, I think he's one of the greatest vocal vocalists that I've ever heard. And he can... I think you're right. You know, he can go from that screaming was, to, yep. you know, ballad singing and back without even, you know, yep. freaking stride. It, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I would totally have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how like you, you were talking and about like, oh, this person, you know, floated in and floated out and and uh it was making me think of the music scene around here is are the days gone of where like you make one band and then that band stays together and then breaks up? Is it now just like you have one project here and one project mm-hmm. over here and you play guitar here and you guest spot on this person's album? It seems like that it's kind of, I don't know if it's a trend or if it's just a new way of doing no, work. I think there's still, I don't know. I think if, you're, if your early band is successful enough and big enough and keeps you engaged enough, then yeah, you don't necessarily need to do other projects or, but a lot of times other projects are just with friends, you know, just for fun. And, yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples, but I don't really, yeah, I don't know if like, if you were to look like you uh, two, for example, like in yeah. their heyday, I doubt those guys were in other projects. You right. Know? Yeah. Like, and it's, they were you... probably so busy and, and that band was, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure mm-hmm. at that time, you know, when, when you quote unquote made it, that was all you had time for. Like yeah, that was your job, your full time job in life. So yeah, it might have been different. Yeah, and then you get someone like Patton who's in a thousand different projects, or like 
the the scene in the nineties in Chicago where like there's ministry and pig face and yeah, you know, screw and all these bands that just kind of like shared members. And it just seemed like every time there was a different batch of guys in the recording studio, they're like, all right, this band is called whatever. Yeah. And yep, uh, yep. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think that kind of keep, keeps your creative juices fresh because it gives you more options? So you don't get kind Sometimes. of stuck in that. Oh, we have to play this one successful song over and over again until the day I die. Yeah, I've never had one successful song, so I don't really know. <laughs> but <laughs> you I mean, know what I mean? But like, I mean, that's kind of like that double-edged story where, like, every I think every kid who picks up guitar wants to be a rock star, but then you talk to like rock stars who have that huge hit, and they're like, "Yeah, I mean." Now I have to play that one song at every show I ever do because it's the song that people want to hear. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, it pays your bills and yeah, it keeps for fans, sure, fans engaged. Shit. Yeah, that's that's a great thing. If you if you you gotta you know if you're fortunate enough to have that one song, and yeah, uh, so is dead cross's album i apologize either just came out or is it coming out comes out um next week i think no let me look at the calendar 28th the 28th so this will be up just so it'll be uh coming out the end of this week when this airs so this will air next monday so um where comes out next week yeah so where can our listeners go to find the album um is it going to be on vinyl? That seems to be yeah. a big thing now. Oh, yeah. every Everywhere. Definitely. Well, um, Epic Hack is great with their marketing and not marketing, but um, uh, their physical releases. Um, the, the album has really good art, a, a lot of different variants, different colors, everything. Uh, also cassette and CD and streaming. So it's av- it'll be available everywhere. You guys are doing cassette? Yeah, I, I have some already. They look fucking. Those are a big thing again. Really? Yeah, for collectors, totally. No kidding. Yep. They weren't great. <laughs> I didn't love cassettes. That's mm. so strange. I mean, they got me through childhood. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that that just seems you know what's next? A track? <laughs> I doubt it. It really sucked. <laughs> um and uh dead cross i'm sure has a uh, website social media that sort of thing where people can go check you out find out where you're touring yeah yeah we just we just typically use the instagram or the facebook yeah our Facebook, like either account and but also ipecac if you go to ipecac yeah their website come on check let's go yeah and then for our <laughs> listeners on the east coast they should check out uh fiddler when they come to town that'd be awesome yeah does not sound like dead cross no, totally different. Uh, no, I yeah. love that. See, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Is you know, yeah, yeah. I I very eclectic music taste, so that that's awesome. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they're a fucking killer band, Fiddler. It, it's yeah. just um, it's more indie, a lot of surf influence. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Mike, I want to say thank you for taking the time to uh, chat with us. Yeah, it was fun. And thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, it was great. Anytime you guys have something to promote, feel free to reach out. You know, we're always looking for okay. guests. And, um, you know, hopefully our, our listeners will check out the new album and uh, we'll catch you next time. 
All right. Sounds good. Thanks, right, brother. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. You too. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.